The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. With same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more, don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. And if you're new to DraftKings, you got to check this out. New customers bet 5 bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code ROSS. That's code ROSS for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net in New York. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21-plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash football for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. It's the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. Oh, <laughs> yeah, it is. But it's not just any Ross Tucker Football Podcast. It is a Wisdom Wednesday with my guy, Kyle Juszczyk, one of my favorite players in the entire National Football League, the five-time Pro Bowl fullback with the San Francisco 49ers, will join me momentarily. And he's a fellow Ivy League. We'll get into that, I'm sure. Absolutely love Kyle. Absolutely love all of you, especially those of you that spread the word via social media, either at Ross Tucker NFL or at Ross Tucker Pod. Just engage in any way. It is much appreciated. Those of you that take advantage of any of our sponsors for any reason, but especially those of you that want to get into the best ball, We're announcing that later today on Wednesday. We will announce the final three participants in the July Best Ball Draft on the Fantasy Feast podcast with me and Joe Dolan. Make sure you get your submissions in now. Take advantage of any sponsor we have. Today I'm telling you about Manly Bands. Check out my Manly Band on my wedding finger right there. Boom, my ring finger. That's the way to do it. Love those sponsors. Love the YouTube shout out, youtube.com slash Ross Tucker NFL. All you have to do is subscribe. It's free. And then make any comment. If I see the comment, you get a great chance to get a cameo style shout out. People pay for cameos. I'll give you one for free just for subscribing and commenting and saying, I love the video. I love use check. He's a stud. There's a lot going on, by the way, with Melvin Ingram and Cam Akers and NFL Network and Peyton Manning. We'll get into all of that. But first, it's Kyle Juszczyk. It's Big Show time. The Big Show. As promised, so happy to be joined today by the best fullback in the NFL. Now, there was a time when I said that when he was kind of the only fullback in the NFL, but now there are others. I think he goes to the Pro Bowl and is all pro every year, and deservingly so. From the 49ers, of course, and a Harvard grad, and he's wearing the T-shirt to try to rub it in. Kyle Juszczyk. Kyle, what's up, buddy? Ross, what's going on, man? An honor to be here. 
And I knew I was going to see that Princeton helmet behind you. So I, I had to bring some of my own ammo and remind your, your listeners, you're not the only Ivy Leaguer here. Nice. Does it, but do you, I know you've been, you made a ton of money. You have an awesome career, but does it still keep you up at night that you weren't able to get accepted academically to Princeton? <laughs> Absolutely not. Easiest choice of my life was going to Harvard. <laughs> so, you know what? I never asked you this. I know you're from Ohio. We're like near like Cleveland. Yeah, I'm like 30 minutes south of Cleveland in Medina. Is the town. Okay. What other options did you have? Like, did you have uh, like Mac offers? Like, what? Where, where did? I think people are always curious. Yeah. About Ivy League guys in the NFL. Like, okay, were they like a stud and they turned down these big programs, or were they a late bloomer? What was your deal? Yeah, I was. I fell more into that that late bloomer category. Um, I had offers all across the Ivy League, all across the Patriot League, um, but my only uh, 1A offer was from Miami of Ohio, and I only got it when I called the coach to tell him that I was going to Harvard, <laughs> and his, um, you know, to try and persuade me, he's, he said, well, what would a scholarship to Miami do for you? I was like, honestly, at the time, nothing, because uh, the year before, they, they had gone, uh, I think they were 0-11, and... Um, you know, going to a good Ivy League school as opposed to, you know, a Mac school or whatever division they were in at the time uh, that wasn't so good, uh, just wasn't as uh, as appealing. So you were recruited by everybody as a tight end? Uh, No, mostly linebacker. Uh, That was another thing that drew me to Harvard was that they wanted me to play tight end and I wanted to stay on offense. Um, Although like in the beginning of high school, like my first time getting onto the varsity field was playing middle linebacker and fell in love with it. Sophomore and junior year, that was my thing. I, I love making tackles. I love running the defense, all of that. Um, but it was my senior year that I really started to pick it up on offense. I started scoring touchdowns and I realized how fun that was. So <laughs> I wanted to keep scoring touchdowns uh, once I got to college. Um, so that was a, you know, one of the deciding factors of going to Harvard is that they saw me as a tight end as most of the, the rest of the Ivy League was a linebacker. You know what's funny about that, Kyle? One of the reasons why I went to Princeton instead of like scholarships to William & Mary or Delaware or whatever was because Princeton said I could play defensive end. Yeah. And so I went there and I actually started a couple games as a freshman at the end. And then Christmas break, we got a, I went back home to Reading, Pennsylvania, now we're west of Philly. We got a keg of yingling every night. <laughs> I went to the diner like at 2 a.m. and I would get a ham and cheese omelet, a big stack of pancakes, oh, yeah. and a chocolate milkshake at 2 a.m. After kicking a keg of yingling, <laughs> I, I went back to school at 284. Oh, and they were like, they're like, what did you do? I was like, I don't know. I had an awesome time. Yeah. And, and that's when they moved me to offense. <laughs> and uh, thank goodness, because I wouldn't have had a prayer in hell of making the NFL on the D-line. So it's just kind of funny um, how things work out. And that's so you never, advantage you're playing O-line is you get to eat like that. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> you never really played fullback. Because, you know, what people don't know, I think you've been on the show before, but it was a yeah. while ago. What people don't know is – I called a lot of Kyle's games in college, like a lot. Oh. And uh, you and Cam Brate were the two tight ends. Yep. You never really played fullback in college. Like, is it correct that the first time you played fullback was at the Senior Bowl? Yeah, like officially, um, 
I only I lined up in the backfield a little bit in college, only when we get down on the goal line or some sh- uh, short yarded situations. But I was never even in the eye. I was always in kind of an offset right. eye, or we were in a bunch formation. I was kind of back off the line of scrimmage, but never was I really like lined up behind the quarterback until I was at the Senior Bowl. And and you must have killed it at the Senior Bowl to get drafted in the fourth round. See, I mean, you must yeah, have just been killing dudes. It, it went really well. Um, I just I had a natural feel for finding those running lanes, um, which is something that I think is a little underappreciated when you you know what? I get tagged in these things every year around draft time about this guy is going to be the next Kyle Juszczyk. And it's it's always a hybrid like a guy that's switching to the position that was some kind of tight end. He was a defensive end. He was a linebacker, but he's going to play fullback now. And I don't think people realize how tough that transition is to um, naturally finding those running lanes. Uh, and luckily enough, that was something that, that came naturally to me uh, was being able to do that. Uh, so I always just kind of get a chuckle at all these guys that are going to make that easy transition to fullback. And it's going to be so simple. Uh, meanwhile, I know, you know, exactly what it takes. You know, it's a really good point because any guy that's like, that like maybe they're like 6'1", 240, but yep. they're not quite fast enough to play linebacker <laughs> or whatever. It's always like, oh, just move him to fullback. Just move him. Yeah. It's, like, it's like if you get a body type and the guy is not afraid to hit people, they think you can just move him to fullback. But it's a lot more mental. It, would you say it's more mental or more natural feel? In other words – when you're finding those running lanes, is it, I know my key, I know my read, I know where I'm looking, I know where to insert, or is it like, man, I just kind of have a natural feel for this as if I'm carrying the ball? Yeah, I, I think it is more of that natural feel um, because things move so quickly and you have to be able to adjust on the fly. And if you're out there thinking, um, it, it's not going to work out so well. And I, I mean, I can remember back, um in college and uh, there was one game actually against Dartmouth that um I was playing a little more in the backfield and we were going to run some lead isos and I remember struggling that first week in practice because pre-snap I'd see there's a three technique a gap is open so I'm like okay easy you insert in the a gap that's you know no problem I thought about it that's well all of a sudden the ball gets snapped and that three technique spikes inside and now that a gap's closed and you got to make that adjustment uh, on the fly. And if that's something you're thinking about, you look robotic or you run into your guard's butt or whatever it is. It's something that does need to come naturally. And uh, you got to have, you know, the footwork to be able to do so. But going back to what you said of, you know, that you see someone who's 6'1", 240, not quite fast enough to be a linebacker or not quite tall enough to be a tight end. And we're going to throw them at, at fullback. And it, it it definitely like it rubs me a certain way sometimes um, just because, you know, you'll see the stats of some of these guys. Oh, he caught 12 passes his senior year or, you know, he had like 30 tackles on defense where people don't realize like, I mean, yes, I know I didn't go to Ohio State or Alabama, but, you know, I caught 52 passes in 10 games my senior year and um I really was the leading receiver on the team. I wasn't just some, you know, meathead that wasn't fast enough to play another position or not tall enough to block in line. You know, I was, I was actually one of the, the, the top players on my team. Uh, 
I wasn't just some guy that they're trying to find a spot for. So I always get a good kick out of that around draft season every year. You know, um, it's a really good point on multiple levels. So first of all, you, you were Harvard's best player. I mean, you were an awesome, awesome player. Really fun to watch. Uh, you blocked way better than Cam ever did. Make <laughs> sure um, you tell him that every time you see him. But <laughs> you, I mean, you got after people as a blocker, and they threw the ball to you all the time, and you were yeah. a stud. And the thing I tell people is like, do you have any idea how good you have to be to get drafted in the fourth round out of the Ivy League? Right. Like, it just doesn't happen. I mean, you know, it okay. just doesn't. You know, if you're if you're a really good Ivy prospect, really good, you're going sixth, seventh round. Like you're not like fourth round is crazy. And, you know, I think you do a good job of not letting it bother you. But like, dude, you're you're the best at what you do in the world. Like how many I, I could look it up, but how many all pros or pro bowls have you made now? It's like five five pro bowls. Um but that you know what it wasn't it really wasn't until later in my career and maybe just in the past few years that I really got that appreciation of what you're talking about of of getting drafted in the fourth round. Um, you know, when it happened, I mean I never thought honestly, I never really thought I was gonna be um a guy that would get drafted. Um, but then after going through the senior bowl and you know, getting that hype and now I have an agent and he's telling me what what rounds I'm going, now I have expectations. And, I, you know, I was told somewhere in that fourth to six. So, OK, the expectation has been set there now. So when it happened, obviously, I'm appreciative of it and everything. But like, that's kind of now what I expected. But then it wasn't until years after and I see guys that follow in my footsteps um, and I, I see each. Sorry, my dog likes to hop in on these Zoom meetings. <laughs> <laughs> no, not right now. <laughs> um it wasn't until later that I got like a full appreciation of like, wow, what it takes to get drafted in the fourth round. And that isn't something that Ivy leaguers do, you know, maybe it's once every 10 years or something. So uh, I definitely have a greater appreciation of it now. Um, we're 10 minutes into the interview and I have not asked you a question about the 49ers quarterback position. We're doing good. Do I, do I get an award? Like, do I win something <laughs> for that? I, in, in all sincerity, though, what I, what I like to do is tell the listeners like what it's really like as a player, right? Like, I know you know it's coming, but <laughs> you've been asked it so many times. Like, how annoying is it? Like, when you know a question's coming and you have this like stock answer that you give, <laughs> but you've been around long enough. I guess you just kind of know the way it is, right? Yeah, no, I, I definitely um, – it's been the, the, the question all off season, And honestly, it's been the question the whole time I've been a Niner just because there's um, – you know, we haven't had a ton of stability at the quarterback position uh, outside of the one year uh, where we, we went to the Super Bowl and Jimmy was healthy the entire year. Um, there's always been speculations and questions and all that. So I'm, I'm well-versed and trained. Whatever you got for me, I'm ready to answer you know, it's interesting because for the most part, you know, you and I were in different situations. I was usually always battling for either a starting job or for a roster spot. And people would ask me about the quarterback situation like in Dallas, right? And I really didn't care. Like, <laughs> I just wanted to make the team or start. Like, 
like they're going to pick the guy they're going to pick and he's going to play. And I, I, I really don't care. Like I, I got to be out there like doing my job. I think you're in a little bit different situation. You're not like competing for a job. You're going to be the starter. You're, you're, you're trying to win a Super Bowl. And who plays that position is important to you. Um, but I guess the question is like, how often do you really think about it? Like how much, like, I think people think like all the time, you're like, Ooh, I wonder if it'll be Jimmy or I wonder if they'll bench Jimmy for Trey. Like you probably haven't really thought about that in that way at all. Other than if somebody's asking you about it. Yeah, no, that's a, that's a good point. And, uh, something that I didn't really think about till you brought that up. I really don't think about it until I'm asked about it. Um, because even as a, a solidified starter and, a guy that's really, you know, I'm not too worried about making the roster. Um, I still am very much concerned on what I need to do, you know, and in the off season and what I need to do to get myself better. Um, there's really just not a lot of, uh, of time spent there thinking about, shoot, what, who's our quarterback going to be? What can I do to make him get better? I mean, there's nothing I really can do at this point. So um, and it's also, you know, just being in a NFL locker room, you're going to support whoever's under center, no matter who it is. Um, so whoever that guy is, he's going to have my support. And, um, you know, he's just going to know that I'm doing everything I can to get myself prepared. Uh, and that's just going to benefit whoever it is. So last question on this. In 2004 uh, in Buffalo, we won nine of our last 12 games. We were pumped up for the next year. And then they cut Drew Bledsoe to go with J.P. Lossman as the quarterback. And that was the one year when I remember talking to the, in the offseason, the other offensive linemen. And I started 13 games that year. and We were pretty upset because with Drew, we felt like we had a chance to go and make a playoff run and see what would happen. With J.P., you know, we knew at a minimum that there was going to be some growing pains. Is there any thought, Kyle, that like with Jimmy, you guys went to a Super Bowl and you probably should have won it. With Trey, you know, one year FCS guy, young guy, very talented, all that. But like, it's probably unlikely that you go to the Super Bowl and win it this year if he's the quarterback, right? So is there any thought in your mind like, man, I hope it's Jimmy and I hope Jimmy balls out and we win it all. And then Jimmy gets to go somewhere else, whatever it is. Is there any part of you that's like, man, if it's Trey, are we really going to go win this whole thing? Cause you're 30 now it's year nine. Like you gotta be thinking about yeah. that. No, I, um, you know, I'm a realistic guy and I, I know the numbers and um, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. I don't, I don't think there's been a rookie quarterback that's won a Super Bowl. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm aware of that. And my thought is that as long as Jimmy's healthy, I think he's our guy. And um, I think that there that doesn't mean that there's not a, a, a place for Trey uh, to contribute in year one. Um, so my thought process really is that if Trey's out there, there's there's something that he's doing right during the week that Kyle sees that, all right, whatever he's doing is going to help us win. Um, so my, my thought and my hope is that Jimmy's balling, um, but so is Trey during practice and we can find ways to implement him into the offense and, and help us win games. Uh, so that, that's just what I'm hoping for and try not to think about, um, you know, what, 
the implications are, what it would really take for him to be, you know, the full-time starter. I mean, that most likely means either Jimmy's not playing well, which means the team's not doing well, um, or that means Jimmy's hurt, which, you know, we saw last year what happened when Jimmy was hurt. So those, uh, you know, aren't, aren't the best situations. So I try not to think that that's where we're headed. Um, let's talk about Kyle Shanahan's <laughs> offense. It is really fun to watch what he does with you and Kittle and the other tight ends for that matter. And sometimes I see you, Kyle, in the run game and like the poor corners or safeties, like they don't even know what, like they're just not used to taking on blocks from someone like you, it looks like. They look like a fish out of water. Um, (laughs) Now look, you did go to a Pro Bowl in Baltimore because I was going to say, how much of you know your success do you think is related to more or less being featured at times in Kyle's offense? But you went to a Pro Bowl in Baltimore as well. But it's got to be nice to not just be a fullback that's in there on ISO. Like, you get to do some really cool things as far as fullbacks go. Yeah, without a doubt. Um, I definitely have had the most fun in San Francisco because, like you said, I am a little more – featured and featured is different in a you know as a fullback you know I'm not the featured halfback or you know the number one receiver um but you're an offensive line guy that uh can appreciate blocking schemes uh and I'm very much featured in the run game and um being at the point of attack and um kind of you know setting the tone for where we're going uh in the run game and I I really do have so much fun with it but I also you know a lot of what I do I wouldn't be able to do if it weren't for um, one Kyle and uh, Mike McDaniel are are now offense coordinator, kind of their vision um, and putting me in those, in those roles and in those spots, but also um, their vision for other guys on the field in that if you want to play in Kyle's offense, all 11 guys have to be willing to block. And I mean, that includes your number one receiver. Like if you watch uh, clips of him in Atlanta, Julio Jones is out there blocking, man. He's um, it doesn't matter who you are. You have to be able to block. And I mean, I think back to this year, I think it was the opening play against the Jets where Raheem Moster went like 80 yards for a touchdown. We put our, our Z receiver Kendrick Bourne on the middle linebacker and put, had him swap out with me and I'm blocking the corner. So, you know, you in the play, you see me at the point of the attack blocking the corner, but the only way you can do that is somebody takes my spot and can block that inside linebacker. And so um, Kyle and, and Mike McDaniel, they just do such a good job of uh, being able to put myself and all the other guys in positions that they uh, can be successful and know, okay, this receiver, yeah, we can trust him to block an inside linebacker or crack down on defensive end or, you know, any of those kind of things. So they just do a really good job of putting everybody in those good positions. Last question. Um, you know, training camp is right around the corner. This time of year, what sort of uh, your routine or your mentality? Uh, you know, personally, I think the last couple weeks before camp, uh, unless there was like a conditioning test, I was doing like O-line specific drills like twice a day. I mean, I was really getting trying to get my body in every position Yep. I would be in for camp. And um, 
you know, there was like a nervous excitement slash dreading it a little bit because <laughs> especially with training camp back then, dude, it was different. Like it was yeah. like, and I always had to battle. So, um, you know, it's like, and I don't know about you, but I, I never took a day off. Like even like Tuesday, the off day, I would still go in and lift or whatever. Yeah. So like, you kind of know, like, man, I am two weeks away or one week away from my ass being grass for five months, five months of not a single day off. Not, not, not to ruin your last two weeks no, no. here, Kyle, but uh, what's your mentality? No, that it's honestly, I relate to you so much there in that. So my first year, my first four years in Baltimore, I 100% had that feeling of dread. Because like you said, like I knew what it was going to be. And even only five years ago, things were different. Um, just the way we practiced and the the physicality of training camp and just the hours and all that kind of stuff was it was just much more intense, even just five years ago. And I knew, you know, I'm sitting two weeks out from training camp. All right. I'm two weeks away from I know I'm going to injure my neck in training camp because we're going to be smashing. <laughs> I know I'm going to get some kind of blister because we're we're playing three hours and you're sweating into your into your cleats and your feet just turn to mush. Uh, I know that we're going to be going from eight in the morning till eight at night. And, you know, those are all things that I just, I, realistically, you're just not looking forward to that part of it. Um, but it's been so much different um, in San Francisco that it's so funny. It's just in these past couple of years that I've had to get out of that mindset because every year that I've showed up to San Francisco, Early on, I was kind of like, gosh, that dread. We're going to the training camp. Like, I know what it's going to be. And then I get there, and I'm like, man, this isn't bad. Like, I enjoy coming here every day. They, they don't run us into the ground. Like, we're playing football, and we're getting after it, and it's intense. But, like, it's enjoyable. Like, I'm happy I'm here. Um, and so now that I, I'm going into my fifth training camp of Kyle's, that I, I, the tension has been a little uh, released and I, I really am. I'm excited. Uh, I'm excited to go, go back and just see my teammates. And uh, I know what a good time I have going into the facility every day. And um, even more so with uh, this off season being shortened. And, um, you know, I was only out in California for like two weeks, this whole off season that um, I miss it a little bit. You know, I, I want to go play football with my friends at the end of the day. Uh, so I, I'm enjoying my last two weeks. Um, there is something to the mental side of it as well, because like you said, it's going to be a five month grind, no matter how physical or not it is. Um, I'm the same way. I go in seven days a week on that off day. I'm, I'm in the facility all the time. Um, so you have to enjoy the time that you are away from it. Uh, but I'm excited to get back to it, too. Awesome. Check out this man on social media. I love the Twitter handle at JuiceCheck44, which is way easier than trying to spell his last name. <laughs> I, I, I know how to say it. I still don't know how to spell it, but I go with JuiceCheck. I know that that's the way to go. Kyle, thank you so much for coming on the show, man. Really appreciate it. Yeah, no problem, Ross. I had a blast. So I know Kyle is newly married or relatively newly married. I should have asked him about his wedding band in particular if he got a manly band like I'm rocking right now, huge fan of this company. If you are one of those guys out there 
that's engaged, you need a wedding band, or you might be getting engaged soon, manly band is where it's at. And for me and Bri, what we like about it is it's nice to get a second one. It's nice to have a change up so that your regular wedding band can either be just for special occasions or if it's beat up like mine is, the manly band can be for special occasions. Absolutely love it. They've got so many different things that you can choose from. Gold, wood, antler, steel, dinosaur bone, and even the meteorites that killed them. So many cool different types of materials to buy the band from. You can even get curated collections like the Jack Daniels Whiskey Barrel Collection, which is amazing. Once you've selected your band, by the way, Manly Band offers free shipping worldwide, a 30-day exchange policy, and a free warranty. To order your Manly Band and get 21% off, very specific, plus a free silicone ring, go to manlybands.com slash Ross. That's manlybands.com slash Ross for 21% off. Manly Bands, the best darn rings, period. Tux Takes. Big couple of days in the National Football League. The biggest news being the Pittsburgh Steelers signing pass rusher Melvin Ingram and the L.A. Rams losing star running back Cam Akers for the season due to a torn Achilles. Well, the Melvin Ingram signing is not great for our guy Cassius Marsh, who was on the show a few weeks ago, the trading card collector. He's got that business. He's a good special teamer. I think he is probably, in some people's mind, better suited as a fourth edge rusher you know Steelers wanted to make sure they had a third that was legit especially after losing Bud Dupree Melvin Ingram opposite you know uh, TJ Watt he must be thrilled now Alonzo Highsmith's a good player but I think Melvin Ingram thought when you go one year let me go opposite TJ Watt he'll get all the attention I'll put up big numbers and get another bite at the apple plus going on a good team and then as for Cam Akers, just awful, awful. I was tweeting about this today at Ross Tucker NFL. You know, the Rams don't have to pay him. My guess is they will. It's not, it's less than a million dollars. Second year, minimum salary for the most part. Plus, he's part of their future and in their future plans. But a tough blow this year because you know he was going to be a big part of Matthew Stafford's offense there. In L.A. Tucks takes. On the broadcasting front, the NFL Network is going to air 23 preseason games live. And uh, ESPN also announced a new Monday Night Football megacast. Ten games featuring both Peyton and Eli Manning. Right. So for the 23 preseason games, that's awesome. One of them is Patriots at the Eagles. I'll be broadcasting. I don't know. If anybody sees this, let me know. I don't know if they're taking the home feed or the away feed, or a combo of both. But I'm very curious. Hopefully it's the home feed, because that's an Eagles home game, and hopefully all of you can check me out calling Eagles Patriots in week two of the preseason. That would be sweet. And then as for the Monday Night Football Megacast, that should be interesting. It's like Peyton Eli Manning. It's almost like they're just watching the game from their houses, having fun. They'll bring on guests, et cetera. That sounds very interesting. 
I don't think I'd be thrilled about that if I was Brian Greasy or Lewis Riddick because it's probably going to take a decent amount of viewers away from the standard traditional Monday night football broadcast. Ducks takes. Couple more items uh, to discuss today. Wide receiver Ted Ginn retiring after 14 years in the NFL, and Raiders team president Mark Bedane resigned after 30 years with that organization. So Ted Ginn, isn't that interesting, Bry? Like his first couple of years, people talked about Ted like he was a big time bust. Oh my gosh, they took him with a top 10 pick. That guy played 14 years in the NFL as a receiver. That is amazing. He is anything but a bust. Now, maybe he didn't become a star or a dominant player with, the, I think, number nine overall pick, but a 14-year career, hard to describe just how incredible that is. Kudos to Ted on a terrific career. And Bedane, it sounds like, Bry, he was mainly, I guess he was there for so long, though, but his main function was to get them this, uh, stadium in Vegas, and he did that, but he's not going to stay on to like see what it's like when there's a crowd there. Something is weird there to me. That's bizarre. He's been with them forever. He gets in the stadium in Vegas. This is the first year they're actually going to be having people there. He didn't want to like stay for five more months and enjoy what he built. I feel like there's more than meets the eye to that one a little bit. Uh, last chance, by the way, for best ball. Get a manly band, uh, get some Crocs, get a Warby Parker, whatever, just home try-on kit. Just get in here. By the way, Greg Cosell on Friday show is going over exactly how he goes about breaking down video, whether it's college prospects or NFL teams. I cannot wait. I don't know if he's ever given this before. These are the answers to his test. It'll be epic. Get excited for that. Get excited for tomorrow's Fantasy Feast, or really today's Fantasy Feast. We're recording this Tuesday night. But today's Fantasy Feast, because Joe Dolan and Dave Richard from CBS Sports, he's a stud. Shout out to Pizza Boy Brewing, Sportaculture, Vision Comics with an X, HumanHeadNYC.com. I think we're done here. Thanks for listening to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Fantasy Feasts, Even Money, Business of Sports, and College Draft. All available at Apple Podcasts, RossTucker.com, or wherever podcasts can be found. A lot of times on the show, I mention DraftKings. Here's what you need to know. you got to be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 100Gambler or in Indiana, one 800 with it by the way if what i was talking about included a deposit bonus doesn't always sometimes it does deposit bonus requires 25 times playthrough and deposit bonuses are paid out in site credit 